Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, I have a bunch of stuff to dive into. We're going to be talking um, some portal additions, a couple of guys Mizzou got. Um, one from Alabama. I think that's the biggest Alabama news this week, if, I, if I'm um, remembering right. Let's talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about some comments Drinkwitz had at a summit on the new defensive coordinator, kind of um, overread, maybe put on our conspiracy theory hats a little bit. Um, and then we're going to talk a couple guys who declared for the NFL draft as well. Then we'll kick it to ourselves. With some more Mizzou stuff, we went through the kind of top 2025 guys in the state of Missouri. So we gave kind of a rundown on uh, who those guys are, just doing a a big look ahead uh, and kind of where Mizzou stands with some of them. And we also recapped the men's basketball game against uh, Kentucky, took a look ahead at South Carolina, must win game coming up uh, for Mizzou. Then we finished with quick hits, jerseys of the week, uh, Unwritten's Fantastic Four picks. It's super wild card weekend so we picked a bunch of those games uh shawnee's main birds the best things we learned and uh finished out the show so yeah great show for you and kenny who's this show presented by uh the show is presented by bet online this is my first time doing the read i hope bet online enjoys it and enjoys my company uh with nfl playoffs right around the corner and the nba season in full swing bet online has you covered with all the up to the second odds news and scores With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. And we know Jack just mentioned the Fantastic Four picks. That's where we get our odds. It's the odds that you hear on the show and you see on our social media account. Head there today to get into the action to see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the the game starts and the unwritten rule starts right now. Welcome back to the Unwritten Rule. Today is Friday, January 12th. We got a whole bunch to dive into, Kenny and Peyton, starting with some new blood on Mizzou football's roster. <laughs> Pun very much intended. That's right. We got a couple transfers to talk to. We're going to dive into also, I teased in the intro, um, some of the 2025 recruits as well. I'm, I'm excited. I think we we dove into that pretty well just to kind of like give a glimpse ahead, uh, you know, in the long term, but in the meantime, new blood on the Mizzou football roster because they've got a transfer in and a quarterback, Harold Blood, uh, the brother of Daniel Blood. So now we have two Bloods on the Mizzou football team uh, coming in next year. Harold Blood comes in from Southern, I believe. He had 1,900 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, 11 picks, uh, sacked 32 times, which uh, felt like a lot to me. And then I looked up uh, how much Shador Sanders has been sacked. He was sacked the most times in a FBS. How many times do you guys think Shador Sanders was sacked last year? Quick trivia. In the 50s, probably, like 52. Give a guess. 54. 54. 54. Um, there's a stat pattern. Let's go, uh, go <laughs> a little bit lower. Sacked. I'll go, I mean, because he doesn't throw the ball away. Um, right. Yeah, so he 46. hates throwing the ball away. 46. 56 was how many Ooh. times he was sacked. So good Dang. job. Well, well done, Payton. Yeah, so a lot. But anyway, um, Harold Blood, I so I guess with this, we can just touch on it quickly. Obviously, you know, he's probably not sniffing the starting job um, with Brady Cook. But I wonder, you know, doesn't have great numbers. I think we, we even said because he's the brother of Daniel Blood, it's a little bit of a nep- maybe even a nepotism thing. But 
is this an all right measuring stick maybe for Sam Horn to show like, okay, if he beats out this guy for the backup job, does that say anything about him or is even that kind of a reach? Uh, this guy is going to be the fourth string. Uh, okay. Quite, right. quite straight up. I mean, this guy's a preferred walk-on. They're not even giving him a scholarship. This is pretty much a, just a guy that they're having on the roster because it's cool to say him and Daniel Blood can uh, play together. You know, I mean, he – as you said, not great stats at a lower level. I mean, this guy's not going to be the backup or anything okay. like that. Um, it's going to be Sam Horn. And then I think Glover will be uh, right behind him. Uh, but again, I mean, it, it really may be what they could do if they're up big in a game. I saw somebody on Twitter suggest this. I feel bad. I don't remember who tweeted it. Um, maybe if Mizzou's up big in a game, they can get Harold and Daniel Blood in the same game, have them complete a pass to each other. I think that'd be a cool moment for them. Uh, But no, this guy is not going to play one actual snap for Mizzou. I would be really, really, something would probably have to go insanely wrong for that to happen. Um, Also, we're going to be talking about the 2025 recruits. I like the gimmick change that we decided to change shirts uh, and all our clothes uh, before we talk about the 2025 recruits. I think I said we kicked it to ourselves from before doing it, but dang it. I might have My killed joke that. Is ruined. Yeah, sorry. I won't do that next time. I'll just pretend we. Yeah, we all record this every show. All we record seamless. one day. Yeah, all one day. Um, Kenny, you got any thoughts on a uh, Harold Blood and such? Yeah, he'll just be a signal caller with Tommy Locke. Um, just two guys that are probably with that scout team, um, getting these guys prepared for the next week. Uh, interested to see what color. Um, I, was it a penny that you wear over over Jersey, your uniform? Yeah, yeah and he'll have the headphones on. So, I mean, it would be really cool to see him connect with um, Daniel. I, I've talked to Daniel a couple times in the recruiting process when he um, flipped from Louisiana to Mizzou. Uh, he caught he caught his own his lone pass last year against LSU. Big moment for him coming from Destrehan. Both of these guys are huge high school in the state of Louisiana, especially for wide receivers. Um, if you know Destrehan, it's because of Justin Jefferson. Ah, there's that, there's that LSU knowledge and Louisiana knowledge flexing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, so I think we're, we're pretty locked in then with a, uh, cook horn Glover one, two, three going into next year. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that unless was Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow to the portal. Good segue. Good segue. Cause yeah, you know, I, I, we have, we have one other guy joining, of course, uh, in the transfer portal, Isaiah Hastings. He's a defensive lineman uh, from Alabama. Only played four snaps in 2022. Um, did get a tackle and then did not play this season. Alabama, one of the better defenses in the country. But, I mean, hey, Isaiah Hastings to the Tigers. That's the biggest news out of Tuscaloosa this week. I mean, I, I think that's pretty safe to say. We haven't definitely haven't any anything else happen. Uh, no, we wanted to segue this because I think we should talk about saving a little bit. But Hastings, real quick, hasn't played much. But, you know, it still seems like a pretty good addition. I mean, he was a Bama guy. I think he was a former higher-ish end four-star, if I remember right. I'll look it up to make sure. But, yeah, thoughts on that? Another – some more depth on the D-line. Yeah, I believe he was in uh, uh, at least two uh, top 250 prospects when he was coming out of high school. Um, this is the third defensive tackle Mizzou has taken. Obviously, they got kind of gutted there, just lost a lot of eligibility with guys, guys departing. Um, so it was going to be kind of an area they had to hit hard. And boy, they have done just that. McClellan, Webb, and uh, Hastings, you can do a lot worse than that the portal, I'm sure. Uh, interesting thing about Hastings, I'm sure people look at his stats and be like, mm, what's up with that? But 
I mean, this is a guy that had interest from a lot of other Power Five schools. This guy was, I mean, he played. It, it's interesting. He grew up in Canada, actually. Uh, so, and then he came down to the states in high school. Didn't have a whole ton of time to play, so he's still pretty raw. Um, obviously, we saw what Bama thought of what he could become, taking a chance on someone like that. Uh, he just couldn't find the, the playing time there because it's ala freaking Bama. Um, it's hard. It's hard to break into the rotation there. Um, and I also I I noticed this someone he reminds me a bit of just from in terms of their journey. This isn't a player comp. It's um kind of like Realis George. Realis George, of course, transferred in from Miami. Didn't have a lot of career sets there. Um, wound up being a pretty solid rotational piece. Uh, for Mizzou in his time here. Um, hopefully that's something Hastings can become as well. Yeah, I keep going back to our conversation with Gabe Diarman just about transfer portal, uh, about guys on the Tigers' radar, and that conversation about, you know, if they miss out on McClellan, you know, who are they going to go after? Are they going to go after anyone? And uh, Peyton, you said it perfectly. It was gutted. Um, the defensive line was definitely an area, along with some of the cornerbacks, that I felt a little bit worried about going into next season, especially – um, with the loss of you know Chris Abrams draining and Cad at the cornerbacks and all the seniors and guys who ran out of eligibility on that defensive line, guys going to the draft, um, this is a, a good way to just turn it into D line transfer. You, uh, you saw it really well with the D tackle position the last three seasons. Um, keep moving forward with guys like Chris McClellan um, and Isaiah Hastings, two SEC guys staying in right. the conference and you know finding a better opportunity elsewhere um, with it with an SEC school on the rise. I'm trying to remember who said this too, to go back to some of the other conversations we've had with people. It might've been Alan uh, true who said this, but like that is important that sec, like they come from the same conference, even if they didn't play that much, they've been in an sec program. They know what it takes to get to the level to play uh, for another sec school. They just kind of need to find that right situation. So for McClellan and Hastings, I think, I think, you know, there's some promise there. I can give a little more background. He was sitting behind Justin Aboisby and Tim Smith at Alabama. Aboisby was one of the better defensive linemen in the country last year. Um, and Tim Smith, very good as well. So, you know, it, there wasn't really going to be a path to playing time. It doesn't really take anything away from his, his talent. But, um, oh, yeah, and segueing also, we should we should do that. We're going to talk about uh, Drinkwitz and some of the comments he made about Blake Baker. But I think uh, we would have probably had this in quick hits. We pre-recorded quick hits, of course in the hours before this news dropped. But, uh, you know, Isaiah Hastings getting off a sinking ship maybe in Tuscaloosa uh, because Nick Saban, I'm, I'm kidding, but Nick Saban retiring from Alabama is pretty big news. I mean, from a Mizzou standpoint, you know, some people, at least fans and, and even some analysts are like, you know, they were pegging the Tigers to go 11-1 and with a lone loss to Alabama. Those people are at least coming out and saying, hey, Mizzou can go 12-0 and now. I think it was Callum McAndrew that pointed out, I mean, they're playing three of their road games are against teams that are going to have first-year head coaches um, now with Saban leaving. But just overall, I mean, it's going to have a huge impact on a, the conference, college football. Uh, I think, I think you know, it's, it's an important SEC point to bring up. But I think it sure should give Mizzou fans maybe some more hope that the Tigers can pull off an upset in Tuscaloosa. Not even just that. I mean, Nick Saban, I mean, he recruits himself. Really, I mean, it, Alabama was not recruiting itself really before Nick Saban got there and won just a million championships. So you got to think at least some guy. I mean, Ryan Williams decommitted like within the hour of uh, Nick Saban. 
um, retiring yesterday. Um, Alabama, I mean, you're likely to see some roster turnover. I'm sure Alabama will get whoever the hell they want to take that job. But, well, evidently not. Dan Lanning was the front runner, and he is not going to Tuscaloosa. He tweeted a video that he's staying at Oregon. But you're likely to see some roster turnover, and suddenly Isaiah Hastings, I mean, that feels like a more important pickup. You can tell his former teammates, like, hey, come play at Mizzou or something like that. I mean, it is just – it, that is the way I look at it for Mizzou. And obviously next year, it's still, yes, it's not Nick Saban. Nobody in the country is as good as Nick Saban. Nobody probably ever will be as good as Nick Saban. But it's likely still to be a loss to me. It's still Alabama. Uh, Alabama's going to get a great head coach in there, whether it be Blaine Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, Mike Norvell, whoever it is. Um, I still expect Bama to be the same old Bama. For those who don't know, the transfer portal did close on January 6th. That was four days before uh, Nick Saban announced his retirement. But uh, because of the NCAA rules, the transfer portal reopens for Alabama players for 30 days, um, starting on the day that he officially um, left the program. So that was January 10th. So into February, these guys can jump around as they wish, um, trying to find that place if they if they want to leave Alabama. And we've um, started to see a lot of you know commits decommitting, um, players you know responding, you know, dang, you know, this sucks. But I also really like the ones from the recruits that were like, you know, it was an honor to be recruited by Nick Saban. I mean, Nick Saban coming into my home or going into his office. That's one of the most. That's like the biggest photo um, in the recruiting world. If you follow it, is seeing a a recruit in Nick Saban's office. It's always the same photo mm-hmm. right in front of the rings. He has them laid out. Um, it's, it's a huge honor for these kids to have been in that conversation. And um, that was one of the best things I took away from um, the recruiting front. Yeah. I mean, well said, I, I'm definitely like, you know, someone who's relatively new on the Alabama beat, you already like, you very quickly get a sense of just what Nick Saban br- like brought, I guess, to that program and the, and the culture setter that he was. So yeah, it's 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 a tall task. I think it makes this job search even more interesting, not just from a Alabama perspective, like who are they going to find to fill it, but also from a you know the person looking at it and saying, well, shoot, you know, I'm, I'm going to have so much expectations on me. Am I better off at a Texas or at a Florida State, kind of continuing to do what I'm doing? I mean, we saw Dan Lanning kind of say that for Oregon, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's it makes this upcoming season. Uh, all the more exciting for sure. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe, maybe Isaiah Hastings was just needed to be a, a beacon, have them come, come one, come all the Columbia, um, you know, Caleb Downs, refresh that secondary win a, you know, defensive player of the year award. I'm I yeah. don't know. I don't know who to go, but that would be something he is. He's he, he might be in the terms greatest of the most valuable safety player. prospect ever. Yeah. That, that would be, you know, Milrose great. They have some running backs who are good. If they lose Caleb Downs, that would be the biggest loss by far and away. That that guy is really really good, um, but we'll see. Luther Burden's going to burn him in uh in November or in October. But yeah, <laughs> Peyton gave me a face. I, I it's not me doubting Luther Burden. It's me. It'll be a good match. Very much thinking Caleb Downs is better than everyone else in the country. It'll be a good matchup. It'll be a good matchup. Um, but yeah, I think we had to touch on that. It's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, they're in a coaching search. Like you know, it's. They said they were going to fill it within 72 hours yesterday. So doesn't seem like the search in theory is going to last too long. Although now without uh, with being unable to get landing, who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, 
we're following it. And speaking of, of coaching, I mean, Alabama's got uh, a DC role still to fill in addition to their head coach and Mizzou has a DC role to fill. And there were some interesting comments uh, from Eli Drinkwitz over just these past couple of days. I forget exactly which day it was, but he was at a coaching summit. Um, he was talking and, and just kind of also talking about the culture that he set and the, you know, the relationship he had with Blake Baker and then, you know, kind of said, oh, and, and, you know, the next guy I bring in is, is, you know, going to be great too. And going to have that same culture as on Tuesday, he did this summit. I'm going to put my, my, I don't know, conspiracy theory, whatever tinfoil hat on for a second, read between the lines. Does that imply maybe that Drinkwitz is at least exploring, you know, bringing an outside hire? We've talked about DJ Smith. I don't know. I guess it's just kind of an excuse to get general updates from you guys like on a kind of how that DC search is going. Um, we talked, I think a good bit about it already, but I just thought it was a little interesting. He said the next guy we bring in, well, DJ Smith's already there. He's already the co-defensive coordinator. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kenny, I know you, you go first. What do you got? Yeah. Um, well, if you're thinking it from that point of view of like a guy coming out, I mean, it's been from out of the program. Um, it's been a couple days now. Um, it'll be a, a week, I think tomorrow, um, that Blake Baker took this job at LSU recording on a Thursday. Um, that makes you think, like you know, they, ago. yeah, it, but it makes you think that they're, they tigers um, are looking out of the program. If it's taking this long, if DJ Smith was a guy, um, I feel like the job would have gone there, but they, I mean, they have to, they, they have to look around, find the best options. Uh, we talked about some guys that maybe we thought could, could fill that role for around the sec around other uh, power five programs that could move in uh, to Columbia. But um, at the same time, I think you just have to, uh, you have to look around. I think even when Blake Baker uh, joined this program and everyone knew that, you know, this guy's probably going to move into the D.C. role. He has experience at Miami, um, has experience as a, an assistant role at LSU. Um, he was going to get it. But um, at the same time, you, you need to replace one of the best uh, defensive coordinators in the SEC in all of Power 5 football last year. Uh, you, you have to look around. Yeah, I don't think – I, they no matter if they were going to promote DJ Smith or not, I think they were going to interview external candidates. Honestly, the longer it goes on, uh, the less likely it becomes DJ Smith becomes a DC. I kind of don't think he'll be the DC at this point. Um, I don't really know. We we've heard absolutely nothing about this search. It's just been really just more putting some puzzle pieces together that makes sense. Someone that does make sense. I don't think we mentioned last time is Greg Gasparato. Um, he is now the DC at Tulane. He was the DC at Troy last year. He was their interim coach for the bowl game. Um, but he followed John Sumrall over to Tulane. Um, he is a guy that is that does have connections with Drinkwitz. Uh, he's a young guy. Um, definitely makes sense as a candidate there. I don't really think the comments he made, Drinkwitz made at the summit, more or less imply much of anything uh, other than I have to have a DC at some point. Um, but honestly, I if, if it was going to be DJ Smith, I was pretty sure it would have happened by now, and it hasn't. So probably yeah. are looking at an outside candidate by now. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I, I said when we talked about it last time, like I, I wanted to see this team do their due diligence and at least like consider, you know, who else is out there besides just, you know, kind of having some tunnel vision and going with DJ Smith again, not to take anything away from DJ Smith. I don't think any of us are, but 
Yeah, you're right. I think, Paige, you make a really good point. The more this kind of goes on, the quieter it is right now, the more you're like, well, why haven't they just said we're going to plug DJ Smith into that role already? So we'll see. Obviously, we'll keep everyone posted. Um, I think Peyton, Greg, the, I think Gerard wrote an article about him, too, um, talking about his, the possibility for him. So maybe that's a, na- a target that emerges. Um, we'll see. Obviously, we'll, we'll keep track when, when news comes out about the search. We'll we'll have it. We'll break it down. Um, and I mean, you know, hopefully DJ Smith stays on in that co-defensive coordinator linebackers coach role because he's great at it and he does have good experience. You guys mentioned he's a drink guy. He was with him at app state. So, um, definitely something we'll keep an eye on. I'm glad my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory isn't totally, you know, ill, ill willed or whatever you want to call it. But, um, y'all have anything Bill else? Belichick is available to... as well. Bill Belichick is available. Can he put lovey Smith in the chat in all caps? Um, Camp was two. Pete Carroll an offensive guy? Yes. Yeah. He's offensive. Dan Quinn. Yeah, he also has a job. Nick Dan Saban. Quinn. Nick Saban. Yeah, we've had we Matt talked Patricia. about we talked about Pete, but in the hours since we recorded Quick Hits yesterday, we've had Bill Belichick and Nick Saban retire. So thanks news. <laughs> thanks news dump. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Speaking of the NFL, uh, two more guys that we had uh, declare for the NFL draft on defense: Josh Landry and Chad Bailey. Landry, of course, the transfer from Baylor, had 32 tackles this year. Uh, Bailey got hurt. He only played in four games. Still had 17 tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. Um, Was in that other starting linebacker role along with Hopper before he got uh, injured. Thoughts on these two? We're just gonna. I we need to make a full list. There's too many guys to clear for the draft now. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a fun pro day. All those things. Uh, But yeah, Landry and Bailey off to the NFL. Chad Bailey, uh, bummer for him. He couldn't finish out what felt like his 18th season in college football. Um, he was really, really good for Mizzou last year. Uh, I really think he – I think Chuck Hicks and um, Kristen Newsom did an admirable job. I still think uh, Bailey could have elevated the defense just that much more. Um, I, I don't know what his NFL future holds. Uh, he has been – battered by injuries which is a shame for him but I, I do hope he lands somewhere yeah I liked what um, Chad Bailey offered in coverage as well PFF graded him as one of like the best linebackers in the SEC the last two seasons um, he decided to come back for that sixth season and it just really didn't play out his way I, I do I mean I, I hope that he gets that opportunity somewhere at least um, really kind of went through uh, the meat grinder this year but um, for a guy like Josh Landry, I, I think we've mentioned before, I wish he had a couple more years of eligibility just because he was great depth. Um, played through a broken hand, broken wrist last season for a couple games at a club on. Um, guy's a bruiser. Um, one of those defensive tackles that transferred from Baylor. He was part of the defensive um, line um, transfer you. And uh, he, he, uh, he did really well with the Tigers. Yeah, he is kind of the definition of solid, isn't he? Especially because he played with a club on. That's that's badass. We will miss Josh Landry and Chad Bailey. Um, I am buying stock on Tristan Newsom, though. I have I don't know why. I feel like he's gonna have a good year. I just I got a good feeling Tristan Newsom. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye on on again on kind of where draft stock goes. It's mock draft season. We'll be we'll be looking, um, especially as the NFL playoffs wind down. That's where all the attention will go. Um, with that, we will kick to ourselves. We have a good, we had a good convo about the, uh, 2025 guys in the state of Missouri and then recapped, uh, men's basketball as well. So we'll segue to that. Okay. We'll segue. Uh, we're going to continue on 
talking about some recruiting. We had a comment on the YouTube. Thank you for that. Subscribe to the YouTube if you're watching this and are not subscribed. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, but we had a comment in the YouTube kind of talking about recruiting, doing, you know, kind of a bigger look ahead. Uh, so we're going to take a look at some of the top 2025 guys um, in the state of Missouri. I think Peyton has one um, outside the state of Missouri as well, just to kind of dive into, give a glimpse, never too early to take a look at some of those lists, see who kind of Mizzou is targeting. There's a couple guys, uh, you know, actually outside of, of or who are being targeted by teams outside of Missouri. And that's actually, I think I'm going to start there before we get into the individual players we highlighted, because, you know, I, this feels kind of relevant because we've had Caden Green, we've had the Lee Summit to um, Oklahoma, now back to Mizzou kind of pipeline seem to open up. And there's two guys in here, Isaiah Mosey, who is not committed to Oklahoma, but is, is uh, you know, heavily, at least is like forecast on 24-7, is at 100% Oklahoma. He's the number one player in the state of Missouri, the four-star um, wide receiver. And then another guy, uh, Kamori Moore, the defensive lineman, who is committed to Oklahoma. They're both Lee Summit kids. And so I just think it's interesting, you know, th this might be a potential – Again, it's 2025, so Missouri kind of has a long way to go, but there's two names for you. I don't know if you all have any thoughts on them, but just this kind of Lee Summit to Oklahoma pipeline still feels a little real. And then, you know, again, maybe you see whether, you know, Drinkwitz comes in and tries to get these guys to flip while they're still recruits, or, you know, maybe they turn in. I think I texted Kenny this, that they could be the next Caden Greens and kind of go to Missouri on the, on the back burner. Uh, it's important to note that Lee Summit North's head coach is Jamar Mosey, who used to play at uh, Oklahoma. So he doesn't, I don't think it's fair to necessarily say he pushes guy to, guys to Oklahoma. That doesn't really happen. I mean, Williams Nwaneri just committed to Mizzou. Um, Caden Green is originally, he originally went to Oklahoma, but now he's coming back to Mizzou. Um, so I don't think, it necessarily he's pushing guys that way, but it certainly helps Oklahoma recruit it like more easier because there's a natural link there. Isaiah Mosey, who I believe is Jamar Mosey's son. Um, he, as you said, Nolton, he's the top guy in Missouri. Uh, I know there is a crystal. There's probably a lot of crystal balls in for him to Oklahoma. There's still a long ways to go. Missouri has had him on campus. So I would not, say this one is anywhere close to over also keep an eye um any kansas city area kid you have to keep an eye on oregon especially dan lanning is from there he coached at park hill south which is fun fact the high school i went to he coached uh, park hill south for a good number of years so he's very familiar with the area he's a william jewell grad which is in liberty which is in the northland of kansas city um, so you got to watch out for all of them. But, I mean, most of these guys, I mean, right now, I mean, you see Jamarian Parker, one of the top recruits in uh, Missouri, is committed to Arkansas. So I guess he just really isn't in much – he doesn't care much about winning. I mean, but all of these guys, I mean, a large amount of them are still wide open. Carson Boyd, I know that is someone Missouri um, is at least interested if they haven't already had him on campus. I know they want to get him on campus just from everything I've read. Um, but yeah, I mean, we saw it. I mean, we were concerned about it with this past recruiting class in 2024, not locking down the borders too heavily. I mean, they got in one area, but a lot of the rest of Missouri got picked over. Doesn't mean that you can't have recruiting success. I mean, this is still the 2024 class has turned out to be another one of the highest rated 
in school history, which just seems to be a theme under drink. But, if, I mean, you want to keep uh, guys in state, and I'm sure there will be a concerted effort to get more than a few of these guys, at least in the top ten, to stay in state. Yeah, Drinkwitz and his staff did show um, uh, good works out of the state, uh, pulling t- some of the top guys out of Arkansas. And um, you start there with Courtney Crutchfield. Um, and I think that's where you kind of make up for what you missed out when you look at that 2024 class and all these different logos and teams on these where these guys signed and committed. Uh, one thing about Isaiah Mosey is that his top three right now is Oklahoma, Oregon, and Tennessee. Um, those are the three that he is the most interested in, according to 247. Um, a guy I wanted to throw out there that I'd just seen his name a couple times is someone on the opposite side of the state in Eureka um, is Alex Lang who's an offensive tackle, four-star, number two, um, according to Rivals and 247 in the state of Missouri. Uh, a lot of fans are pushing for him right now. Uh, it, it seems that way. But the thing that really st- sticks out to me is that this is the like, first full year that we get to see Brandon Jones on the recruiting trail. Um, a guy who came in at the end or at the end of spring last year in May, um, becoming the offensive line coach for the Tigers. This is his opportunity to build his offensive line of the future. And I think Jack Lang is a great uh, one to start with. Yeah, he looks he looks solid. Like you said, he's that number two guy um, out of Eureka. I had a couple names, and then Peyton. I also, you know, I knew you have an out of state guy too. Um, you know, I I was looking at a guy in Dayton Hopkins, and then uh, Dejarian Miller. Miller interested me. Uh, you know, he's a wide receiver. Obviously, you know, already that pipeline. You can kind of you can kind of point to so many guys. You know, when you're recruiting these guys, but he's someone. Uh, he's out of Cardinal Ritter in St. Louis. Uh, of course, Marvin Burks and Joe Moore, who were on this last year's Mizzou roster, both went there. So just like kind of a high school to watch. Um, you know, clearly one that that drink knows how to how to recruit. Um, he was offered back in September, and then uh, Dayton Hopkins. He's like a weak side defensive end. Um, interesting, at least on, on rivals, it says he was recruited by Eric link. Um, you know, obviously these guys can be recruited by, by any position. It doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily just their position coach and, you know, link maybe sees some value in, in, in him, maybe on special teams, uh, you know, just early on, but he is six, six two ten, And I wonder, I, I didn't get a chance to look into this. I don't know if he's played anything on the offensive side of the ball, maybe link tight ends coach maybe he sees some potential of him switching to that side of the ball obviously still a long way away but he does have kind of that tight end build um so that's that's again hopkins uh and then miller those guys are ranked fifth and sixth in the state right before um kamori moore who we said is going to oklahoma both three stars so those are two guys i was looking at um kenny i know you had another guy just to highlight and then peyton you're uh you're out of state or you got a guy from from the great state of iowa yeah will tompkins Oh, I was going to go for it just quick because this guy, Will Tompkins, um, he is a three-star according to Rivals from Iowa, um, but he has uh, offers from all over the map. I mean, just within the last few minutes of us recording, he picked up an offer and tweeted one from Duke. Uh, He is set to visit Kansas for their junior day this weekend. This is according to Alan True, a friend of the show. And then after that, Minnesota, Missouri, Iowa State, and Tennessee will also get visits. He doesn't have a Missouri offer just yet, but I'd expect that to change as soon as he gets on campus. Uh, so that's one to keep an eye on as well. He is a 270-65 offensive tackle from Iowa. Um, 
I know there's a lot of guys in recent recruiting classes as well that they were trying to go in and get some offensive linemen out of Iowa. We know that there's a, a lot of big guys, a lot of farm guys that are up there. And Grant Bricks was one that had him on campus a couple of times in class of 2024. He didn't go too far away. He went, ended up going to Nebraska, and he was a four-star uh, offensive tackle that was an All-American uh, bowl player. So there's a lot of talents up there, especially at the offensive line position. Sticking on that side of the ball, though, uh, Corey Sims, who's the – ranked the number three in the state of Missouri for the class of 2025 is someone that's been on campus four times, according to rivals, of course, not too far away um, at Christian brothers in St. Louis. Uh, but Jacob Peeler looks like he's, he's making quick work uh, with Corey Sims. And this would be someone, you know, big to get, because you look at a lot of the wide receivers in the St. Louis area, especially the highly rated ones. Uh, they get pick, picked off a lot of times. Uh, someone like Ryan Wingo, Corey Sims might not be to the Ryan Wingo status, um, here in the next couple of months, but someone that picked up a lot of steam from out of state schools, especially power five, uh, keeping Corey Sims close to home, keeping him in the state of Missouri would be huge for this team moving forward. We've already, we can praise Jacob Peeler enough for how much he's done on the recruiting trail and just coaching of these, of these wide yeah. receivers. Yeah. The, the most, uh, the most secret story of college football, I think is what Peyton said he was the, the other day. Um, yeah, I, I think the kind of overarching thing with this is, you know, you, you could look at this 2025 list and not see any Missouri commits just yet on there. And then, you know, you kind of have to understand there's one a long way to go. And if, you know, you're worried about Oklahoma and Arkansas, you know, kind of having their hands on, on some of these pickups, like, I don't know, I, I think I think we've seen drink not only have success in flipping guys, but also, you know, you, you can come back and get them in the in the portal later. So Missouri seems like they're on the right track so far in 2025. Um, oh, the one the other guy I'll throw in there. Down all the way on the bottom, number 20, Brady Davidson, the quarterback from Rockbridge, local product. I think it would just be a fun story. Get him in there, maybe develop him. Goes from uh, Columbia to Columbia and just just becomes a, a hometown hero. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a super highly rated quarterback. We said the I, same thing about Sam Kaiser. We did. And now we did. he's going up at Harvard. Yeah. I think Sam Kaiser think... wasn't as a high, I mean, as highly rated as this guy was. He lost Sam Kaiser lost his job to this guy. Uh that's I, I would no, think that this point. one has a better opportunity at the power five level. Brady Davidson's offers, however, only right now are Ohio and Miami of Ohio. So um we'll see. He's still a long way, still a long way left. You know, he's got he's got two more seasons of college football, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a. Uh, I think it's, I think overall Missouri's, you know, doing a decent job with some of these 2025 guys. I think we'll have our eyes, uh, you know, we'll keep kind of a short list. It's good to just kind of check in and see. And obviously that Isaiah Mosey situation, one to monitor. Peyton said his top three doesn't include Mizzou at the moment, but, or at least the top three teams interested, but you never know kind of what can change there. Um, I got one more thing to note. Uh, yeah. Uh, for, for anyone confused, Mizzou doesn't have any commits at this moment uh, for the class of 2025. And we've seen Drinkwitz and his staff make, you know, uh, more work at the end of at the end of the class, at the end of the, the cycle, um, flipping guys late, um, stealing signees at the last second. Uh, nothing to really worry about right now. Um, I mean, they just finished the class of 2024 and probably still monitoring some guys uh, before the next signing day in February. So right now there's just, there's no one verbally committed to the Tigers, but during the summer, you'll see a lot of stuff pick up, especially after some visits. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I meant they're, they're doing well in terms of, you know, they, they seem to be, you know, at least have these guys on their radar early and we know how Mizzou's recruiters have been, um, you know, with, with these previous classes, especially around that St. Louis area, that, that for me is, is kind of where sometimes it's made or broken with, with these in-state guys. I mean, there's not a Ryan Wingo yet emerged in this class, but uh, you know, there's definitely some talented players there as 
you guys both said. Um, so yeah, we'll have our eyes on that with uh with twenty twenty five. You met, I forgot about the junior days. Those are those are obviously big for all these schools, and they host you know a boatload of of these young players. Um, is that where is that where Luther did the first did the where he brought or where Drinkwitz brought out the cars? Wasn't that at like Luther's junior day? Am I remembering that right? That that was a long that was a while. He did ago, that so for Reichert, Membu, and Green, I believe. Oh, okay, okay, that that was more recent. I couldn't remember when that was, but I don't, maybe get the cars out there, Trinkwitz. Get some of these guys flipped. Um, but yeah, we'll have our we'll have our eyes on twenty twenty five. Um, let's segue before we do quick hits. Let's talk some hoops, men's hoops. Mizzou falling again, dropping to zero and two in SEC play. Uh, ninety to seventy seven loss on the road against Kentucky, and I think first takeaway, at least when you look at the score, not as bad as maybe we thought it was going to go. Um, I, I know, I know Peyton in particular was wondering when we would get frustrated. Let's just say at what time interval that that would happen. Uh, but Mizzou, you know, had some decent performances. A couple guys, Tamar Bates, Noah Carter, Sean East, um, all finishing above 15 points. But again, I still think there's some stuff and, and I'll let you guys go into it more. I didn't get a chance to watch the full game. I rewatched the highlights, but um, what went well, for Mizzou to keep them in this game at times. Uh, I know they cut down a big Kentucky run at one point, and then what again is is kind of holding the Tigers back from uh from finishing off a game like this. Uh well, I mean, it just it was another case of not having the personnel to really win this game. I mean, I actually thought there was it was probably as good a performance as you could get out of this team offensively. I mean, Noah Carter was hitting his shots early. Sean East was doing Sean East things. Um, I just, it, it, like, they went shot for shot with Kentucky early. It was like 14 to 12 by the U16. And then it's like Dennis had to sub in. He was without Anthony Robinson, so that obviously changed up the subbing a little. But Jesus Carolero, Kurt Lewis get get some run and kind of all just falls apart. I mean, it, it, they just don't have the guys. It is what it is this year. I mean, there's nothing you can really do. Um, not a ton of run for either of Pierce or Butler at all, I noticed. I mean, before Mayak found his way into the game um, and actually played okay, um, all considered. Uh, he was on the floor for a pretty nice Mizzou run. Uh, Tanjay was also out there. I, Tanjay was plus 11 after the first half, I believe. Uh, so he had some good moments. Uh it would certainly help if he can get his feet under him. But again, just the same problems. I mean, late in the game, they could never really, I mean, they had it down to three at one point in the second half tomorrow after Tamar Bates got to the free throw line. But then, I mean, right after that, Kentucky just kind of pushed past it. Um, it is what it is, man. They don't have the, the, the players to win this game. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would say the final score doesn't really tell the full story. Um, Kentucky really just kind of pulled away at the end when Mizzou was trying to make one last strike within like the last six minutes. Uh, the, the passing early on was really poor. Uh, after the under sixteen, there was probably four straight possessions of turnovers or just wonky passes. Uh, balls getting deflected out of bounds and credit to Kentucky's defense, but also just poor decision. It was just a lot of poor decision-making on Missouri's side. And that really plays into what Peyton was talking about. Just not having the right guys on the floor, just not having the guys in general. Um, Nick honor shot two for 10, uh, two for eight from three. Um, nothing's really fallen for him. It definitely as of late, I uh, did like the, the, the resurgence um, from the offensive side of Noah Carter defense still 
uh, I mean, they, you just don't have that big guy and you, you have him in the pain. He's just not going to be the one that really stops him. Um, Kentucky's, I mean, defensive rebounding to the offensive rebounding of Mizzou was, I mean, incredible. They just, Kentucky was grabbing every single board, 42 total rebounds on the Missouri side, only 27. Uh, just another thing that just is not going the Tigers way and something they just haven't improved on. Well, yeah, I mean, the rebounding was bad last year too. Like you just said, that was what I noticed first was the discrepancy there. I, it's just so it's so tough because you get these kind of games out of Noah Carter, and if you if he played that way against Georgia, Mizzou wins that game. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think it really was going to make a difference against the Kentucky team. Um, but yeah, Peyton, I'm, I'm glad you pointed out Tanjain Maybor because the only two people in in positive. Uh, and who ended positively in box plus minus were Tanjay at plus eight and Mabor at, at plus four. And it sounded like they were both at least out there for that, that run that they made and, and weren't messing up. So I guess that's, that's probably part of it. They were on the court for the most productive uh, stint of the game, but yeah, I mean, just, just a long way off. You guys are both right. It's kind of the same things we've, we've been saying. Um, I will say I saw there were two highlights I saw that kind of stood out to me. There was that Shawnee's pass that I think on the tweet I read was described as literally passing someone open where he threw the ball to where Noah Carter was supposed to be. Noah Carter realized it midair and caught it and got an and one out of it. I, like Sean East, I mean, the plays he makes are are just ridiculous. He's He's just a special player. I'm glad he's getting kind of the season that I think he's earned over his career. Um, with how long it's been and and you know with last year he had more of a bit part role on this team and now kind of has taken over and then I saw the Aiden Shaw uh, block uh, where he was in the paint and then stepped out and blocked a three I thought that was ridiculous Um, but again only two points only shot one for three from the field did get two blocks but minus 17 on the floor in 16 minutes like you know, you, I, I want to see I want to get more from him like I was talking last show that he's somebody I really think can be great um for this program but i want to see more more out of him moving forward i don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on those guys just this game in general i'm also seeing jackson francois played one minute i don't think that's accurate that must be right right. okay i never saw it but all right all right good good i needed that clarification but yeah if you have any other thoughts uh i mean (laughs) i could like there's just there's no way they're gonna like just throw the season and like play the young guys like people want there's no coach that in the country that would ever do something like that and nor really should they um unless like it's the last few games of the year but Boyle, i did i i, I can't nick honor has to come off the bench at this point i did, he's just a mess he is i mean noah carter has had his struggles too i think he's at least had stretches where he's looked capable of fulfilling the role that he's kind of had to step into Nick honor has really not. I mean, you look at the numbers and they're not all that bad. I mean, he is shooting at a decent clip, uh, but there's too many possessions that end in like three seconds because Nick honor just takes a really early three. That's like way off the mark. I mean, he is. And then with his size, he's just always going to be kind of a net negative on the defensive end. Uh, there's not a lot he can do about that, but it is really hurting Mizzou in a lot of instances. Uh, and I just think a change needs to come there. Yeah, I don't think a change of scenery would hurt. Um, we were looking at who was in the box on a free throw. And it was John Tanjay, Kurt Lewis, Connor Vanover, and I believe Jesus Carolero. That just doesn't seem like the guys you right, want right off the bench after the under 16. 
I, I think it would just help the team a lot just to have someone like Nick Honor coming off. Even he has been struggling offensively and defensively. You need that veteran. And talking with Gabe, I talked about, you know, not going to move on from these seniors. They deserve like the chance mm-hmm. to start every game. At the same time, it's just you have to find some kind of rhythm to show improvements on this team. And um, Nick Honor's just not really showing much improvements on the offensive side unless the coaches are seeing something we're not. I have two takes. I think one, this team, weirdly to me, it feels like they actually were really hurt by Caleb Grill not being available. As much as like Caleb Grill, or as little, I guess, as Caleb Grill really had an impact before he got injured, apart from galvanizing them to a win over Minnesota after he got ejected. Um, I, I really think a Sean East, Caleb Grill backcourt with Nick Honor coming off the bench, like you just said, would not not be like miles, miles better. But like, like if Caleb Grill finds his shot, he's just someone who... He can be that. He can give you like 15 points on five shots. You just let him pull up. He can make threes at like a decent clip. There's no one on this team that can do that. Certainly not Nick Honor. I think Nick Honor is is trying to do a little bit too much. I think his role would be better um, limited. I think you're right. Um, the other thing I have, so they have South Carolina coming up on Saturday. Um, that game's a must win. Uh, you look at this SEC me and Peyton have talked a lot about this. SEC's not very good this year. Um, I don't know what team Mizzou's better than in the SEC. I really don't. I, I They're second from last right now. I kind of think right now that's where they're going to stay. I really do. I the, Like, LSU was really bad early, and now they're 10-5. and five. Like, I, I, know, I know it's early in conference play, but they go to South Carolina, and then three of their next four games are on the road. Um, South Carolina, a team that, really likes to punch it in the paint. Mizzou has been killed by teams who can do that. Killed by good bigs. You saw what Chiwa and Georgia did to them. Uh, yeah, I worry greatly. I don't think I Peyton, I think tweeted it that you don't think at least this seems going to be above 500. I don't know that they finish above anyone, but Vanderbilt in the sec. Yeah. Um, the, I guess the good thing for Missouri is that the sec is down. Yeah, um, so that'll probably lead to them getting more wins than they might have gotten even last year. Um, they got South Carolina this weekend. I think South Carolina's bad. I, I think that's a very fake 13 and two record that they have. They just got absolutely mud stomped by Alabama. Uh, I, I, I kind of think Missouri can get a win there. I don't I'm not saying they will, but I mean, this is really just going to be a hard transition. I mean, I really do think they finish with uh, they 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 look likely to be playing on Wednesdays in the SEC tournament. That is a big time bummer for them, but it is what it is. I mean, they got new guys coming in next year, very star studded recruiting class. Gonna have to hope a lot of those guys can hit quickly. I uh, was intrigued by a comment from the um, the broadcast team last night, Carl Rabbits. Uh, was the main broadcaster, and they were talking about how they think there could be nine um, SEC teams that make it into the NCAA, NCAA tournament. I think the threshold that they haven't broken is eight at the moment, and so nine would be the, the next big number. And I, I talk, you know, looking at the standings and looking where these teams kind of have all regressed in their own rights, I just don't see it happening. One more thing I just want to throw out there is that South Carolina isn't that much better of a rebounding team. So we talk about rebounds and getting to the – the foul line, uh, this might be an opportunity to take that step, especially in SEC play. Yeah, I, I think it'll, with South Carolina specifically, I do think Dennis Gates 
will probably out coach Lamont Paris as much as I, I do like Lamont Paris, um, South Carolina's coach. I, I think Dennis, you know, he, he does have, he certainly has the ability to out coach him. And I think that's what'll make the difference for, for Mizzou. I just like more, it's more the point that I don't, I don't guarantee or even come close to guaranteeing any game for them going forward. Even against Vanderbilt. I mean, do they play is Vanderbilt on the road? I'm looking at their schedule quick. It is on the road. Um, I mean, like that's not a winnable game if if their best players are are healthy. Uh, so, you know, or I guess it's a winnable game, but not a guarantee is what I meant. But yeah, and then Kenny, like with your with what you said, I agree with you. That that's you have to kind of I guess look at the tournament as a whole and where every other conference is at too. But you're right. I don't I don't think I buy that. I guess maybe they will if a lot of the other conferences only have like one or two good teams, but I, I don't, I don't know. A lot of these SEC teams feel fake. It's a weird year. And I guess better to be bad in a weird year where maybe you consider it a down year as the convert for the conference as a whole, you know, then Missouri's down at the bottom. Then, you know, maybe the SEC is better. Missouri has a better season, makes them look even better. I don't know if there's a way to spin zone that positively, maybe I'm being too harsh, but I, I worry greatly about this team. Uh, moving forward as i think most fans probably do um but with that it's a slightly negative note um you know we'll we'll see we'll see what the we'll see what the freshmen can do we'll see what some of these guys can come back hopefully anthony robinson uh is able to come back into the fold and like to see him kind of return to form uh here moving forward um oh yeah and then then kentucky or sorry kentucky they just played south carolina again that's on saturday at 2 30 so i guess that kind of serves as our preview. Uh, Michi Johnson, he's the guy to watch in South Carolina. He's the best player. Minnesota transfer, good guard. Um, South Carolina, they're better than last year. I don't want to – even yeah, without Keith Jackson. But um, I, I still don't think that's a – that's a, still a lower-tier SEC team to me this year, I think. I'll give them credit. They are more improved than I thought they'd be, but – I mean, Jesus, man, if you don't want to be in the cellar, you got to win this game, especially because you're making up ground now after you lost to Georgia. It's a, yeah, it's a must win, in my opinion, for like if you don't exactly want to be in the cellar. Um, well put, Peyton. They do have a 63% chance to win by ESPN's matchup predictor. So maybe I'm being. They had a, I think they had a better chance to beat Georgia by that metric. Oh, well, all right. Well, there you go. Um, so back at home, good to be a, get a win against your home fans. We'll see uh, how it goes. But yeah, Saturday, 2.30, you can watch that on SEC Network also. Uh, and with that, we will segue and finish the show with Quickets. Okay, Quickets time. Uh, Kenny, start us off with jerseys of the week. Uh, my jersey of the week goes to Dylan Leibel, a former walk-on quarterback for the Tigers we talked about when he entered the transfer portal. Might not being the grass might not always be green for him or greener, but he used that tape from practice and um, some good words from Drinkwitz and and got a job or I guess got a new school to attend to and that's Tennessee Tech. Uh, add Tennessee Tech to the schools that Mizzou should play in the next few years. Um, buy out some of these these other games and bring this one in so that the Tigers can keep that uh, Tennessee streak alive. Um, they, they, they aren't um, an FBS school, so they aren't an FCS school. Excuse me. So. Uh, I mean, it's not going to count, but another Tennessee, Tennessee school to keep your eyes on if you're a Dylan Leibel fan. They should have to beat every Tennessee school to be the Tennessee State champs. Everyone, not just the FBS. If you're a Dylan Leibel fan, what a question. Or uh, what a what a statement. Um, my jersey of the week 
uh, is going to be Kevin Peoples from Carroll College. Kevin Peoples, he was Missouri's nominee for the Broyles Award. Uh, not, not Blake Baker, not Kirby Moore, not none of them. It was Kevin Peoples. He coaches the defensive ends, uh, the outside of the D-line for Missouri. And originally this was supposed to be because LSU hired Bo Davis from Texas, so it appeared they were no longer going to go after Kevin Peoples. That is not the case from Football Scoop on Twitter. They are still going after Kevin Peoples to maybe try and do what Missouri did uh, on their D-line, having like Al Davis coach the interior D-lineman, Kevin Peoples worries about the outside. So still got to keep an eye out. It seems like this is the only assistant that has really uh, had any buzz about leaving, following Baker to LSU. I... I don't know, man. I, I see, I don't see this one happening, really. I just, Kevin Peoples, it wasn't really, they had no connection to Baker before they worked together at Mizzou. I, I just, I feel like, like we mentioned last time, Missouri is going to go cheaper than Baker at defensive coordinator just because they don't need to pay $2 million to get a quality D coordinator. And that'll probably be able to let them give raises to guys like Kevin Peoples, other guys that may one day have kind of a situation where they could be poached. Um, I think if this is completely uneducated guess for me, I would guess that Kevin Peoples winds up staying, but it is worth mentioning because it is out there. Yeah. Good news. The Blake Baker situation and uh, what could go on there. Uh, yeah. Hopefully ends up saying you need to, you need to give yourself some more respect there, Peyton. Your guesses are educated. You're very, you're very educated. Uh, no, it's man. like, Informed, informed and uninformed. That's fair, I yeah, guess. It's an uninformed guess. Like I have, you don't have, you don't have a source. By the media. You don't have a source telling you Kevin Peoples no, is staying. No, but I don't. If you did have a source, you would think that source would tell you that Kevin Peoples is probably going to stay. Hypothetically, I just think Kevin Peoples <laughs> is going to get a raise and stay. Like just that to, just seems like the most likely outcome. To me. I'm just trying to put Peyton's brand in pretzel. Um, my jersey of the week goes to connor stallions uh i'm giving it to connor stallions i'm sure he played football at some point he doesn't have a wikipedia yet he's not that famous but i'm giving it to connor stallions because he was at a bar in houston during the national championship there's a video of him a guy was bringing him a bucket of beers there were people slapping him on the back in the video i obviously recognized who he was brought the wolverines a championship they took down washington uh to to restore the order in the Big Ten in the final year of the four-team college football playoffs. So, I don't know. Does Connor Stallions get a ring? Maybe they give it to him in secret so that there's no controversy. Uh, but, yes, that's my jersey of the week because he uh, – I mean, hey, he wrote a manifesto. He's the ultimate Michigan football guy. He he wanted them to win, and, and, and he got it. Despite the cheating, Jim Harbaugh came back from the dead, won a championship thanks to Mr. Stallions. Yeah, uh, I thought you had something funny to say, Peyton. Uh, it I looked like you were. I, I, I was also waiting thinking for of something. Yeah, I felt I like, he, think of some I felt like he was cooking. Joke. I couldn't think of anything. He was in the stands at the Rose Bowl. He uh, was. I was a little bit surprised that he no one no one comped him a ticket for this game, but uh, good on him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, congrats. I, I went to the the football. Why are we congratulating him right now, guys? <laughs> why are Why are we saying there good for is. him and congratulating? Is, him. I mean, if your team won the national championship. Pretty good feeling. He's the ultimate fall guy. He, like, like all he, he wanted cheated. to do was <laughs> all he wanted to do is get Michigan wins. Uh, Jim Harbaugh didn't say that. He didn't say they were innocent. You heard him after the game. 
Banners fly forever, Peyton. I always uh, think you should fire innocent people, definitely. <laughs> uh, what's your fantastic four picks, Kenny? What are the what's the situation? We got playoffs, it's playoff time. Yeah, we got playoff time. Uh, let everyone know. Disclosure: We are recording here on the Wednesday, so disclaimer. the bet online odds. Um, yeah, disclaimer: uh, They could shift. They've already shifted from the last time I, I checked on them. Checked in on them. Uh, current standings right now: Peyton, you are twenty-one or forty-one, twenty-seven and four. I am at thirty-eight, thirty and four. And Jack, you are at thirty-five, thirty-three and four. Uh, it looks like it's it's over for you, Jack. Uh, I don't know why you didn't pick opposite of Peyton on every single one of these, uh, but that's I you almost did. Oh, that would have that would have been smart. You're not wrong. Yeah. Oh, well. So, uh, first game on the dock, you can't change it. Uh, first game right, on I the dock, it's uh, staying here in Houston. The Browns are favored by two and a half points against the Texans. Peyton and I are taking logical pick because CJ Stroud is back. He didn't get to face the Browns the first time around. Uh, the Texans are also just the best team in the playoffs. So we're taking the Texans. Jack, why are you taking the Browns? Um, uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, he's elite. He's an elite quarterback. Um. I don't know. I kind of just like the Browns in this game. I think I think they're I think they're going to win. I I don't know. Even on the road, I do love. It's it's not a knock on your Texans, Kenny. I love what the Texans have done. I won't be sad if the Texans win. I kind of like that both of these teams. One of them is going to get a chance to play in the divisional round. But I like Joe Flacco. He's got the experience. C.J. Stroud. I think the moment's going to get too big for him. And when it doesn't, I'm going to live to regret that because it's never been too big wow. for him all year. I, you that know what? Is yeah, really that's the hill I'm going to die on. That's the hill I'm going to die on. If you want to compare are, a... Uh... You guys are cheering for an Ohio State quarterback, by the way. Yeah, okay. there's no such um, thing as helmet scouting. So if you want to compare an NFL team to Mizzou, I'm going to say it's the uh, the Texans. Um, a lot of blue-collar players getting oh, together. Uh, counted out. I don't care if they had the number two or number three overall picks. Uh, they were counted out. Uh, and this team is just like Mizzou getting they together. Good, they do have a good defense too, but All you know what? Blue collar millionaires. <laughs> exactly. Give, give me flax yeah. sanity. Why not? I just think it's hard to beat the same team twice. Um, so I, I I'm going to go with the Texans. That's fair. Especially when CJ Stroud wasn't around the first time. Um, second game on the docket going to KC. This one's going to be a cold one. Um, shout out to all you guys bundled up in the state of Missouri right now. The Chiefs are favored by four and a half points at home against the Dolphins. Jack and myself are taking the Chiefs. Peyton, you're taking the Dolphins. You can go first. Yeah, I figure I got a I got a lead here, so I might as well try and really ice this competition this week if I can get this in the next one right. But I I think people are losing sight of the fact that the Dolphins are still a damn good team. Five is a lot of points in this game. Uh especially like you said cold game people are going to be like well the dolphins play in miami the real strength of the dolphins this year i mean has come from a lot of grounded pound on the like just the run game has been excellent for them i think they're going to be able to control the pace of this game i think their defense i know they're super duper banged up i just think the dolphins last year with skylar thompson they had to play the bills Everybody thought that was going to be a blowout. The Dolphins had the ball, the chance to win the game at the end with Skylar Thompson at QB. Um, so I think the Dolphins are going to shock some people. I think they're going to put up a fight in this game. It was a good argument. I like the, actually like that argument for Peyton. I don't know. I guess I did pull out the, the it's going to be it. This game might like break records with how cold it might be uh, down in Kansas City. Um, I do like Devon Achen at running back for the for the Dolphins, but I just think. It's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to come alive. They're super injured on defense. They're a really top-heavy team, and a lot of their stars are 
are banged up. Um, so I, I, I lean toward the Chiefs just at home in the cold. I think Patrick Mahomes clicks, at least in this game, and, and the Chiefs pull it out. Weather we is a great equalizer, man. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Mike McDaniel as a head coach really pull off something at the end of the season with the Dolphins. I know last year was a little bit troubling because he didn't have Tua, but uh, th- this team has really just faded off the last two seasons after some pretty good starts. And I just, I don't know. I, I need to see the Dolphins be able to, I mean, go into the playoffs this, hot for once. This does feel like the fraud bowl. Like both these, I don't really like either of these teams. They've, they've both had some weird moments this year. For sure. Um, okay, this is the the probably the biggest one, uh, biggest game that we have right now. Uh, Lions are favored by three points at home against the Rams. Pretty much a pick them here. Uh, Jack and myself are taking the Rams. Peyton, you're taking the Lions. Um, I, I, I like Matthew Stafford back home. Yeah, this was the tough, one of the tougher games we've had to pick all season. Uh, there's so many layers to this game. I mean, it's indoor golf uh, facing his old coach that kind of decided he didn't really believe in him, which wound up being justified because they won the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford immediately. But um, Matt Stafford, going back to his old stomping grounds, I went back and forth on this one. I really only went the Lions because Kenny went with the Rams. And I, I want this to be... Because in theory, I could get the lead. I could just pick what Kenny picks every week and win. That's no fun. So let's have some fun. Uh, and you know what? The Lions, I really think, are still – I think they righted the ship at the end. They should have beat the Cowboys, uh, if not for some utter debauchery at the end. Um, so, yeah, inside – it's indoor golf. It, golf has been to a Super Bowl. He's been tested in the playoffs. I, I don't think he's going to falter here. I think the Lions get at least one win. And I'll give credit to the Rams, though. If I had a vote for Coach of the Year, I would give a look, long, hard look at uh, Sean McVay. Nobody elevates the floor of a team like Sean McVay. It's unbelievable what he's done. Um, but still, he's going to retire. Yeah, exactly. Came back. Kenny, did you make the graphic already? Yeah, you can't change it. It's already uh, scheduled. Oh, well... Yeah, then I'll change my thing back. You guys didn't notice. I picked the Rams to change from pay. I changed the Rams to change. Pay. Oh. I originally also had the Lions. I was going to try and pull a fast one, but Kenny made the graphic. He was a hit step ahead of me. I agree with Peyton. I think the Lions get it done. It feels like they're kind of a, on a good destiny. Them and the Bills are two teams I really want to see go far after the seasons they've had. Um, I like Jared Goff in this one. Uh, give me the Lions to to beat out the Rams. But again, very difficult game. The Rams are are have proved to be a very very tough team. Like Peyton said, if uh if the Colts beat the Texans and went to the went to the playoffs, my coach of the year vote would have gone to Shane Steichen. But I think Sean McVay has a very good argument uh to take that. But give me Dan Campbell and Detroit. Okay, uh, last game on the docket. We see you have this the Rams, Kenny. What, what, hold on, you have the Rams. What do you? Yeah, I said I just said I like Matthew Stafford against All his. Right. His old team, his old stomping right. grounds. Revenge game. Um, That'd be so sad. Would you, as a Lions fan, like would would you hate Matthew Stafford or like? I think I not, would be very. Mad I think I would be mad. If I bad. was a if I was a Lions fan, I would like I would hope that Matt Stafford has the worst game of his life on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Right, last game. Last game on the docket. We've seen this one before in the playoffs, not too long ago in 2022. The Eagles on the road against the Buccaneers. Eagles are favored by three points. Definitely a better Eagles team than it was two years ago, but still um, not the best Eagles team coming into the playoffs. Uh, Peyton and myself, we're taking the Eagles. Um, Jack, you're taking the Bucks. Why is that? 
Um, uh, kind of like Peyton with trying to be a little different. I kind of want to rock with the Bucks here, but like you hinted at, Kenny, Eagles have been awful to end the season. Um, you know, there's talks about firing Sirianni when he just took him to the Super Bowl, and and you know now is having the year that he's having. Um, I think they they have some record ever since they like beat the Chiefs and he yelled at the Chiefs fans. They've been like horrible since then. Um, I, I I got the Bucks. Give me give me Baker at least to cover. Uh, you know, but maybe the Eagles wind up winning by by one or two. Um, but I, I'm I'm gonna take the Bucks to cover here and keep this one close. I really just don't trust the Eagles right now after. After all, I even even favored. I'm almost questioning that with the Bucks being at home for this game. I think the Bucks will keep it very very slim, even if the Eagles win. Uh, even if the Eagles win this game, give me the Bucks to hold it close and at least cover, if not upset the defending, I guess Super Bowl appearers and the Eagles. Yeah, whichever one of these teams wins is getting polarized. <laughs> who did who would who would they have to play? I guess who who would the Bucks the Bucks would play? I guess it's the highest remaining team. Bucks would have to play. No, no, the Bucks are the fourth seed. So, oh yeah, they are higher. Duh, duh. So, it, I don't, I don't know for sure. I just think every other these are the two worst teams in the NFC. Yeah, one of them's on, getting on boat the race. playoff side. Yeah, one of them's getting boat raced by like San Francisco. Um, we'll see. Uh, Shawnee's, what's the next? Thing? I like no captain. He's the main bird. Shawnee's main bird of the week. Kenny. Uh, my Shawnee's main bird of the week goes to Tiger Woods. Um, he's hit a couple of birdies before. There's your your bird tie. Um, Tiger Woods no longer a Nike guy. A lot of PR talk in his post from January 8th about how they're parting ways. Um, I'm interested to see what the brand is going to be. Uh, I think maybe he just pulls out his own TW brand, his own little Tiger Woods. Not the same old Nike logo that we've known for years and even decades, but uh, I'm interested to see what this new uh, move is for Tiger Woods. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, like it's it's definitely it's exciting to see. I know he's wasn't he planning on doing like a he was planning on having his own golf league or something at at one point that he was trying to get off the ground. So cool to see that he's doing a bunch of different ventures. Peyton My jersey of the week. Nope. Former Cardinals head coach, uh Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I want him to be the new Bears OC after Luke Getze was fired. I Save me, please, Luke. Uh, not Luke Getsy. Save me, Cliff Kingsbury. Even after the uh, Johnny documentary, you still want him? Yeah, he looked like a baller in that doc. <laughs> he kind of did, actually. No, the, he the didn't. Nolan, he looked no, like a Yeah, jerk. he did. No, he didn't. He looked like a <laughs> He's defending him from jerk. the hangover. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Baller move. <laughs> no, he did look like a jerk. You're right. He definitely is a dirty bird, uh, but this week he is your main bird, not your dirty bird, Peyton. But we we, we can right, definitely call him your dirty bird. bird once he gets back from. No, Thailand. he's your main bird. You also said it was your jersey of the week. Did you hear yourself say that? And then you said dirty. Oh well, bird. he did. He did play. Um, he did play for Texas Tech. <laughs> so there you go. Oh Christ! No, he's my dirty bird. Peyton's struggling on Wednesday. Um... <laughs> he's my dirty bird. It's not your dirty bird. Oh, is it Shawnee's Dirty Bird? Eat off. He's... Yeah. No, good job, Kenny. Good job. Uh, my main my main bird of the week. Uh, I'm sticking in the NFL. We're going Pete Carroll uh, for my main bird of the week. Pete Carroll, just today, we're recording on Wednesday. Um, he's parting ways as Seattle's head coach. Uh, pretty shocking. Um, this is a big move. I don't think any anyone was really expecting this to happen until Pete Carroll likely retired. 
Um, he is a little bit older. He's staying on as a uh, like advisor to the organization, but he won't be the head coach. So uh, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I love the Seahawks. They're my team. Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl, making him the main bird because you know just a great couple of years. We'll see uh, what happens. I, I don't really know if I have like a, a favorite to to uh, get the coaching job right now. I don't want Jim Harbaugh. Hank Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn would be kind of fun. Had the had the Legion of Boom defense, but thank you, Pete. Gave me some of my best sports memories uh, growing up with the Seahawks. But yeah, not the head coach. Uh, anymore so big thank you to pete um yeah it was, it was a big shock and i don't want lovey smith kenny as much as you keep pushing that narrative he's a joke um, <laughs> best thing you learned this week past two head coaches but i you said lovey smith you quoted uh, david cully um so i'm going <laughs> oh yeah he did oh, i thought okay. you said david cully no, he, he said lovey smith. smith i said no. lovey smith Wow, we're that was um, a great main bird segment, guys. Best thing you learned, Peyton, not your jersey or your Jersey Dirty Bird or your ratio. Jersey Bird, I learned this week. Um, Scott, Scott, Scotty Barnes, guys. Jersey Bird, I learned this week. Scotty Barnes is the future face of the NBA. I learned this last night after uh, Toronto Raptors head coach Darko uh, Rajakovic, I believe mm-hmm. I said that right. Um, he went on and awesome tirade against the refereeing after a very lopsided free throw margin for the Lakers in their one point win over the Raptors last night. Uh, he included the line, Scotty Barnes is the future face of the NBA, which I think we can all agree is fair. That's absolutely mm-hmm. probably oh, yeah. true. Um, no, but really I don't see why people are getting or making fun of a head coach really gassing up his pretty promising young player. Um, but it was kind of a funny statement. That's just thrown funny. Scotty Barnes. It's like saying what's your like jersey bird you learned? <laughs> jersey bird you learned? NBA doesn't start till June. I don't know why you guys keep talking about this stuff. Oh, well, my jersey bird uh, you like learned the first is time we've bad. mentioned it in three weeks. I think. Best thing I learned this week, uh, Baby Gronk's father um, reached out to me on X, formerly known as Twitter, asking me to retweet uh, one of Baby Gronk's posts about Terry Bussey, who is oh. a – Texas A&M commit and LSU target at the moment. And uh, I didn't respond. Still following me, though. Um, man, I, I really feel bad for this kid. I didn't know this until today. Did you know Baby Gronk's real name is Madden? Yes. Are you Madden? Yeah, yeah after the um, game. That's like why. Yeah. yeah. I uh, official visits coming up, though, um, for these schools. Michigan, Colorado, USC, Michigan State. Wild card in there and Ole Miss. Hold on. Keep an eye out for the class of 2031 tight end. Yeah. Official business. All right. 2031. Yeah. Good job, Kenny. Good job, Kenny. He will reclassify. (laughs) I do want to point out, I know I wasn't the only LSU person uh, his father sent the post to because the class of 2024 kicker signee that LSU has uh, reposted it. So I know that there were a couple other people. He got to the kicker. It's always the weakest of the brood. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's, he's a weirdo. Uh, my Jersey bird you learned this week. Um, going back to the NBA, Kenny, sorry. Um, this comes from this comes from Shams. Uh, Netflix is creating a new NBA documentary series modeled after its NFL quarterback show, um, and they had the five players chosen for it. It is DeMontis Sabonis, Anthony Edwards, LeBron, Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler. So they're going to have a – uh, an NBA kind of docu thing following, I assume them from 
the season that's going on right now. It'd be pretty cool. I love the quarterback one. So um, hopefully it's as well done as that loved. I mean, seeing more behind the scenes of LeBron, like I've already started to think about the documentaries that we're going to get once he's retired. Um, so kind of cool that at least for him, we're getting it a little like, you know, a little ahead of time. I wish they did it more like quarterback though. Like they picked like a role player, like someone who's like going from the G league back to the NBA. Um, I have a certain uh, former Los Angeles Laker Alfred that they could use for that, but Alfred Payton is a good one. Um, or maybe like Dwight Howard go over to China, you know, nope. do that part of Alfred it. Payton. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I kind of wish they did it like that. Cause that would have been cool. Also just the random, like, I don't know, the random player getting the spotlight would have been funny, especially for NBA Twitter, but like Alfred Payton. <laughs> Why are you stuck on Alfred Payton? I don't know. Okay. Um, all right. Good show, gentlemen. Uh, Peyton. This one comes from the Today Show, our favorite TV <laughs> series. Um, Nolton, how can you tell if a pig is hot? How can you tell if a pig is hot? Um, it's bacon. Oh, yeah, that was I was getting there. I was going to I was going to anger. That's a good one. Get back here. Um, <laughs> good show. Good show. Stop making me the solo screen. I need to remove your ability to change the format of this. Um, good show, everyone. We'll be back Monday. Uh, we'll recap men's basketball versus South Carolina. Hopefully we're not talking about like a true doomsday scenario, the fire everybody sort of scenario uh, for Missouri men's basketball. I'm just kidding. They shouldn't fire anybody, but that'll do it. We'll be back Monday. Hope everyone has a fun, safe weekend. Enjoy uh, the South Carolina game. Enjoy super wild card weekend we're excited for it and go bucks we'll see you guys monday